found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom. Discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. That's all happening right now. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, a recent study found by a research group in Tanzania, Guadalupe, that a, a weekly dose of more podcast might give you all the essentials you need to make it through the week. Find yourself fighting the winter slums more now, fortified with all the healthy fruits of the spirit. Can boost your immunity to the to uh, fight the negative sin particles floating around you. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And today, get your free trial and then become a subscriber every week. And you know what? You'll feel a lot better about your life. Yep. I think we should start bottling this stuff. For for sure. The more more vitamin plan here. Well, in studio today, we have Pastor Gary, the Glenn Beck of the podcast. There we go. Yeah, all right. And along with the only woman who Chef Ramsey is actually scared of, Pastor Amy. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And the only one that would marry you. The only one. No, I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, the only one that would marry you. Uh, Yeah, but you know, come on. Every time we go to a restaurant, I always call you what? Chef Ramsey. Chef Ramsey, yeah. It's really? True. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Because. I like my food hot. I just like my food hot. I like it done right. Yeah. And every time I'm like, oh, this isn't right. So you're not afraid of the, I'm going to send this back because they're going to spit on it plan? No. No. She does not worry about okay. that. Okay. I don't worry about it at okay. all. I'm just like, it's not right. It has to be, it has to be pretty off or bad or something for me to send something back to the kitchen because i've heard and i've worked in a kitchen before i've seen you know what they're gonna do to it yeah yeah uh god has a strange way of being funny though because when we were in peru literally all the food was cold okay and nothing could get sent back like it was purposely cold served cold okay why I have no idea, but I've now since Probably learned. doesn't attract bugs as much or something. Apparently, yeah. yeah. I would, no. Huh. So the heat part for me is not a problem anymore, but okay. if it's just not cooked right, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> You want it cooked. I want it right, especially you want when you order a steak. And I know. I, I'm with you when those things especially happen. Especially when you're spending money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's my thing. Like, if you go to a restaurant and you're paying now $20, $25 for a meal, it better be pretty good, you know. Yesterday, right. I stopped at McDonald's. I got my large milk frappe, which I had to have, yeah. and one sausage burrito at McDonald's. Right? We're yeah. talking the I little, didn't know the that little you ones. Could only get one. Well, I, I, I think I made a mistake. I think I ordered one, and you're supposed to get two. But anyways, <laughs> it cost nine dollars and something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I know. you didn't even get a hash brown with that. No, that is a lot of money. I know. I, you, well, I definitely was regretting not getting the two. Because I think I got charged I, for two and only got one. Yeah, because then I think you get a deal if you get two. I've actually I don't never even seen know them it's a deal sold anymore. In, almost in almost ten bucks. Yeah, for, for a, one person. Yeah. Well, what was it? Uh, somebody's talking about on the, on the news lately that a Happy Meal when it first came out was around a buck seventy four. Okay. And oh, wow. now the average Happy Meal can be up to seven dollars, even eight dollars, because they have the three different sizes or two different sizes now. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a, that's a big hike from when, you know, 30 years of having happy meals. So, you know, when, um, I was a little girl, well, and then moving into like my middle school years, my parents used to take us out to McDonald's, but it was a special, special treat. We didn't get to go hardly at all. We never got to eat out. And so when I was moving into like middle school, like fifth and sixth grade, I had made my own babysitting money. And Mm. so then we were able to graduate off of the happy meal oh, at that see, time because then up. we were willing moving on to buy our own meal okay and so i felt like such a big girl when i was able to buy a big mac meal 
Yeah. And my mom was like, well, you got to pony up the money if you want to have a Big Mac meal. And I'm like, I am getting a Big Mac meal. <laughs> and if you don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but they used to sell like glasses, like actual like yeah. glasses yeah. that you could buy and everything. Like we had the whole set because we bought these combos and everything. And it was Sadie and I holding down the fort for the <laughs> dishes in our house. Wow. Because it's all the McDonald's, McDonald's characters all what over I, it. What I noticed yeah. about the Big Mac, I'm, I, I like the Big Mac, yeah. right? Oh, like, yeah. It's the number one meal. Um, it's just like paper thin, you know, burgers. Burger. Oh yeah. The it's just like, Oh my gosh. So how thin. I can, and you hold it up and you can actually see light through it. <laughs> it is uh, so true. There is so much bread in that meal. If you just go for the double cheeseburger plain, you're getting like twice the yes. amount of meat. Yeah. Right. I you know. Are, That's why yeah, I get the quarter pounder, true. you know, cause at least I'm going to get something out of the deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it? We went to Aldi's yesterday and we got like a little snack there and, uh, Amy's like, Oh my gosh, look how thin this cheese no, is. Before I went in, yeah. he said. Bring out something good, something meaty. And I was like, okay, I got this. And I found these like little snack packs, you know, with like meat and cheese in them. Yeah. And they were small and they were only, they were like a couple of bucks or whatever. Then I found a few more a little ways down and they were bigger and I w- for the same price. And I was like, ooh, put those back, get these. So I grabbed these two, had like salami and cheese in it. I get out to the car and I was like, here, I bought these two things. And I go to open them and the cheese was so thin, I kid you not, I could not even separate it from the other pieces of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Literally, you couldn't even roll it. Like, it was it was just ripping and breaking, and I'm like, I don't know how we're going to eat the cheese. Like, it's just one clump. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> you could use it for glasses. I mean, you could put them on your glasses. <laughs> you could see actually, through it. You, yeah, you could see through it. It was so bad. It was wow. crazy. Wow. Yeah, and there you go. And I was telling her, I said, they look just like the ones they used to buy at Starbucks, and those were like $100 a package. For a third yeah. of the price. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, it was pretty bad. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, uh, you do have one other person here. Uh, the rounding out this trio is Uncle Fester, Stunt Double, Pastor Alex right here for you. There Ready you go. to go. Oh. Uh, you know, it's so funny. That the kids, I keep saying that I'm, I look like Uncle Fester, and they're like, you don't look like Uncle Fester. And so they looked him up because a lot of them didn't even know what he looked like. And all of a sudden I heard, oh, my gosh, he's right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like take my glasses off, and I look like Uncle Fester. Yeah, just a little, I'm not as pale as he is. Yeah. All right, so there's some things we want to think about today. Uh, the TV remotes have been a, in our topics for quite a while. On well, at least the last four weeks. On Sunday, uh, they've changed our life in many profound ways. I think all of us can agree with that. We've been discussing though through the remote life a Sunday series about how much they've impacted us, and then how they kind of resemble some of our faith journey. Um, but I wanted to look at some ways that the remote, the actual remote control, has impacted the American home on a daily. Uh, I didn't even realize how much we now rely on our TV remotes. Uh, the first thing that I found was that, you know, the American household uh, has between two and three TVs for most of us, especially now they're a lot thinner. You can put them in a lot of different places. Uh, but there tends to be even more TV remote, uh, remote controls lurking in the shadows on average the American home has three to four remotes in their home right now. Yep. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. true. Yep. And for some of us, like when we moved my mom out of her our apartment, we actually found a whole box uh-huh. of TV remotes that we have no idea what they went to. Right. But at least it was good 15 or 20 remotes in there. Wow. Thought you yeah. needed to hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. From Something, previous TVs. I don't know what. Right. And then you get the, you start adding in the Amazon remotes, the Roku remotes, the Apple remotes. I mean, it's just. Oh, yeah. 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 Remotes everywhere. Your phone can be a remote. Yep, I've tried yeah. it. And that is helpful when you do lose that 
tiny mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. Apple remote. Mm-hmm. Right. I think they all should just oh, go to that. Oh, and the Roku, or the Roku, I think, does that too. Well, mm-hmm. I think they all should just go to a TV or to a uh, cell phone because, I mean, that's the one thing you have with you 24-7 now. Mm-hmm. So have it available so that you can, uh, don't have to worry about trying to find a remote because you're always going to have that. People have them attached to their hands 24-7, these uh, cell phones. So it seems like the way of the future is to get away from an individual remote. But right now, uh, three to four remotes in the home. Uh, also we have, uh, remotes have become such an essential part of everyday life that on average we will spend, you ready for this? How, how long do you think we'll spend trying to search for a remote? I, I was just going to say this. Oh. I, I watched, I saw this, this somewhere. It was like three weeks of your life. You're right. Right on the money. You'll really? literally be looking, not just give up, but just literally looking yeah. for three weeks of your life, trying to find a remote. Well, yeah. especially the Apple remote. I can't uh. even tell you how many times that. Apple remote. I think there's still one in a different house in a piece of furniture that we never found. We shook that chair, never yeah. found it. Huh. Well, they're so, t- they're so tiny and they're thin. I'm like, I, I don't need my remote to be that cool that I can't find it when I lose it. So when the TV oh, just annoying. changes channel, it's probably that person found the remote. <laughs> yeah. there and it's probably changing it from their house. To- <laughs> well, the other I've day- always wanted to do that. <laughs> the other day we were uh, laying in bed watching the show and we kept pausing it and we're like, who why are you pausing the show? And it, apparently our dog was sitting on a remote <laughs> yeah. and kept hitting it with his paw and he didn't even know it. And I'm like, come on. And you think about it. We got a remote on our car now for yeah. the keys. I mean, we got remotes everywhere. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And everything comes with a remote. You can't even uh, watch TV. If you don't have the Apple remote, you can't watch it. Yeah. Oh, so really? It, yeah. If you don't have it downloaded on your phone or you don't have the remote in your hand, you can't watch anything. <laughs> You're you locked out of your own TV. control. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. You can't get up and even turn the channel. Well, now now in our house, uh, Carson thinks it's fun to uh, put these smart bulbs everywhere, and that's okay. all on remote. Oh, okay. So when you walk in your house, your phone will say, I guess, tell it to turn on the lights yeah. uh, through his phone, or he can change the color of the lights. So the other day I was going into the bathroom and he put uh, smart lights in there and I'm like turning the switch and it's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, you got to use this app to turn it on. I'm like, I just no, want to go, go in the bathroom yeah, no. and turn the light on <laughs> manually. You gotta have I said, no. it, he goes just, I said, it makes no sense at night. The amount of times that your dad and I get up uh-huh. to go to the bathroom in the yeah. middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. We have to turn the lights on. And he's like, you just leave it on nightlight mode, like all night. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But if nightlight mode is not on and someone flips the switch, I'm not going to holler to Alexa right. in the kitchen from the bathroom. Like, right. it's just in- turn the light on I in the know. bathroom. <laughs> I'm not sure this one's working. Yeah, uh-huh. it's not as, as awesome as he's hoping that's going to be. But it is kind of cool in some places when you're walking in the house and then all of a sudden all your lights come on for the day. And Yeah, but the other day I'm pretty sure someone was messing with me because I was sitting in the living room and I think you were in the room watching TV. And I don't know where Carson was. He was around somewhere. And the living room lights just, oh, he was gone. Carson was gone. So the lights were going on and off, changing to purple, changing to red, <laughs> changing to blue. I was, it was like a whole party mode going on. And I'm like, who is messing with me? So I text Carson and I said, stop messing with the lights. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to relax here. Like it's like 10 o'clock at night. And he writes back, I'm not even home. I'm not, I have nothing to do with this. And I thought, mm, I'm not so sure about that. So right. I texted yeah. Alex in his bedroom because our house is so big. Yeah. It's yeah, not. Yeah. Right. It's very tiny. <laughs> and I'm like, stop messing with the lights. And I never got a text back. And I finally get up. He's sound asleep 
I, w- I wasn't touching the lights, yeah. I'm like, who's messing with the lights? Spiritual <laughs> then the, warfare. Then the dog came out. <laughs> yeah, then the dog's It's like in party mode. I'm like, what is happening? When you're not home, those dogs, they're having a party. They're oh, yeah. watching TV. <laughs> they're, they got all that going on. Something's yeah. happening. Maybe if they bark right, they'll turn the TV on. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, so good good answer, Pastor Gary. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, in the U.S., we have 330 million people, prospectively. But we have over 335 million remotes in use right now. More, so, Wait, what more was than the there are more there are people in that in the world in the United States. That's crazy. So there's 330 million people, mm-hmm. and they they basically are guessing that there's 335 million re, uh, remotes in the U.S. available. I feel like it's a little low because it's at least probably two or three remotes per person. Well, that just means that you got a little baby running around (laughs) with a remote somewhere uh, because every person in the U.S. has a remote. You know, the one thing we didn't talk about, Yeah, I was going to in the series, but just didn't work out, is those people who, when you're watching TV and they just keep switching the channels. Yeah. So fast. Oh, yes. I have have a brother-in-law. Literally, you'll get a neck ache, you know, from him changing channels. Yeah. You You just get... I'm telling you, it's like 15, 20 seconds. You just get into it, and then he's on to the next thing. You're like, you can't uh, watch TV yeah. with them. We don't even know but what he this watches was. it like that all the time. No. Just gets the little parts and pieces of things and keeps yep, going. Yeah, it just keeps going. Keep moving. Keep moving. Have you ever been around somebody that has the TV and TV? Like yeah. they can watch one show and then they can watch another yeah. one? That's yeah. weird. Yeah, I think that is so weird uh, uh-huh. because just like two programs going at the same time. I will tell you, I've done it. You've done it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watching golf and then watching whatever Lee's game wants to watch. It's probably like. An ADHD thing or an ADD because I can do it too. Yeah, and it keeps my brain like going, which it's so hard for me to be in a movie theater mm-hmm. just focused on the one well, movie. You know, when I do it, sometimes like if I'm watching two sporting events at the same time, and then you can tell when they go to commercial, then you just flip to the other one, right? You know oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. they seem to sync up now, and they put all yeah. the commercials on at the same time, so it's they're not really advantage. Yeah. Right? They got it. Others are doing this. Yeah. yeah, they're on to you. Yeah, I know. Like on on Hulu, we used to have Hulu. We used to watch TV. They would do that. You would get off one show, and you're like, I don't want to watch the commercial. I'll watch something else. Mm-hmm. And then they play the same commercial right, in the right. other show. It's like, come on. All right. So the the last one on our list of interesting things about how much the remote has impacted the American culture is after the invention of the TV remote. On average, people are using this convenience. Take a guess how long it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. We're talking about, you ready for this? This is going to blow your mind. Do you want to guess, PG? Um, no, I don't. He's like, no, I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. It is nine years. Nine years. Nine years of our lives that we use. And that's probably remote. 24 hours a day for nine years. Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight hours a day. That's, that's 24 yeah. hours a day for nine years. Nine years. Life. Almost that's a decade a of, of time. time we use our, the, the convenience of the T-Remote to sit on the couch and turn channels and then not do anything. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, and we wonder why we have so many medical issues in the United States. Nine years of our lives spent Mm. just watching TV instead Mm. of getting out and doing something. Um, Yeah, so those are just some things to keep in mind. You know, maybe you're around the water cooler or standing around with a bunch of guys and and ladies, and you're like, hey, I got some interesting facts I want to throw at you. That's why more podcasts is here. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure you have the information. But we're going to go to identity break and be right back. Hey, you want some more? Some more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. Looking for a go-to eatery that has awesome food? Well, Paper Station in downtown Harbor Springs is sure to have your next favorite. 
From their signature station burger to the golden crispiness of a hand-dipped onion ring, enjoy the flavors that make this a must-stop today. Paper Station. Get rapture ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. I kind of like that intro song. Kind of makes me want to just want to groove a little bit, you know, like I'm back in the 60s. Start doing some shaking there. Which you never were in the 60s. <laughs> I never was in the 60s, but... You know, I just, it's that's a good era. You want to go back that's to a good it. era. The precarnate Alex. <laughs> the precarnate Alex in the 60s. Uh, well, you know, there's still some of that stuff in the 70s. You know, when you go through Kmart, you hear their Muzak playlist was sounded like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like Blue Light Special in Nile 7. Um, so on the Rapture Ready News, I wanted to talk about something really, really scary that's starting to mm-hmm. hit the world. Um, basically, what happened was uh, last week, a Drake song, who's an artist and a rapper from Canada, uh, basically posted a song that was picked up by the radio stations and also by YouTube and all the other places. It went viral. Everybody thought it was really cool that Drake put out the song, didn't really talk about it. Apparently, that's something he does often, where he'll just throw stuff out there and not really tell anybody he's going to do it. And so this Drake song called Heart on My Sleeve became a huge hit. Everybody was like, this is awesome. You know, Drake's got this new song. And then everyone found out especially the pop industry found out that it was actually written by an artificial intelligence. Uh The whole thing, the music, his, his own words, his voice was all put together by our artificial intelligence. That's creepy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And people were shocked that an AI had created something that sounded so close to the original artist, which created a lot of, uh, questions within industry that what does this mean like uh, you know what other artists are they going to rip off you know by just taking their voice and their style and then the AI decides okay we're going to make we're going to make it this way you know and write a song so a lot of people were really nervous about it uh did you guys hear about this story no you didn't i heard about it from someone else yeah yeah it is nuts to yep. think about and i doing this well what was interesting in my uh current events class we talked about this subject uh yesterday and we thought it would be interesting to find out what else has AI been up to. And we found out that there's actually a worship song that was written by an AI and it is legit. You listen to it and you're like, I could, this would be a great song to sing on Sunday. And you find out that none of it was written by a human being. So it kind of raises some questions like uh, there's no testimony involved with this song. There's no no spiritual interaction with God in this song. It's just basically an AI taking words and phrases that is picked up on the internet because that's what an AI does is it searches all of Google, all the things that are popular at that point, and then creates what it did. And uh, so the question is, you know, like what if, what if other people are doing this? Like what if Elevation decides we're having a bad writing week or uh, Bethel music and they're like, hey, you know, let's, Let's use an AI to help us out here. So my friend said that he also heard that there was a pastor just for fun, went up there, threw in a Bible verse and a a main idea, and it came up with like a super good sermon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're, are you ready to jump over out of just this little church world conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, I was talking before we even got on the air here that, uh, 
uh, a lady named Candace Owens had a guest on who um, got a phone call and it was the, the voice of their uh, daughter in distress. And, um, and then they talked a little bit, trying to figure out what was going on, what was going on. And then a man's voice came on and said, uh, Hey, I've got your daughter. And for, you know, $10,000, I will release her to you and come to find out AI had just captured the voice of the daughter and created this little script. And that was read. And so I think, I think we're just about ready to step into a whole big uh, pool of um, sabotage and um, taking advantage of people and scamming at an all-time record high. Um, It's going to be on a personal level. It's going to be on a corporate level. It's going to be on a community level. And this is, uh, and then a national level. And uh, we we reported this at our um, Agents of the Apocalypse class that uh, now there's a Department of Defense where they watch videos that are being produced by other countries or terrorists, and they have to watch and see if it's a real video or if it's in, in, you know, AI created thing. How do they know if it's real or if it's fake though for any of this stuff? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I think our technology is so crazy. They can, they can track the shadow lines of, of Mm. things on the, in the, you know, Mm. yeah, there's, there's lots of that has to go into it. I'm sure it's, Mm. it's like you were saying, it's on a coded level. They're going to be able to get in there and see. But for the average average person, yeah, they're not going to be able to tell. It's I mean, too good. Yeah, nobody like right. this whole Drake thing. Nobody knew that it was possibly an AI, and so people are listening to it. And they think this is amazing. This is so, a great song. So this, so my wife and I were having this little scenario this morning after I watched that little video, and I said, okay, we're going to have to get our family together, make sure there's no phone within listening uh-huh. reach, and we're going to have to come up with a code word yes. that we all recognize. So that if you get any kind of video that says, hey, I'm in distress, send me some money or come rescue your kid or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. If you don't use the code word, we're not going to be able to be suckered into this. Look at what we're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to do something like that. We used to use code words with the kids back in the day, you know, when people would just stop randomly, pick up your kids or tell Mm -hmm. them that they would take your kids because mom couldn't pick you up from school. And we'd say, what's the code word? And if they didn't guess it. You know, you're not going with those creeps. Right. Well, it's interesting. You now know, you're doing it for electronic. Yeah. It's weird. Well, it's interesting. You know, the church is, this is not the first time we've been here. You know, back in the early days when we first started, uh, in order to know that we were in a Christian home, we mm-hmm. used to put the, the sign of the fish on there. Yep. The Ictus on there so that we would go, oh, this has got to be a Christian. And, you know, as we, as we were starting to find these archaeological digs, we're finding things where uh, you find little parts of a fish, you know, and mm-hmm. then... I think you mentioned this on a sermon one Sunday where one person would draw half of it and the other person would draw the other half mm-hmm. to say, hey, I'm a Christian too because mm-hmm. we're living in a world where everything is uh, trying to take the truth away from us and put us in a position where we're being outed or uh, put in bad light. You know, So it's becoming a very difficult thing. Right, the underground church in, in China yeah. still doing the same thing. Well, you know, another thing was interesting in that current events class, we talked about how um, we I gave them three sermons one of them was an AI, or two of them were an AI. One was an actual sermon on the same same topic, and everybody in my class had no idea which, which was, one was the real one. Which was the real one? Which was written by a pastor, and the other two were written by an AI. They were so good. I mean, that yes. just kind of makes you scared to think that, you know, I, I, I'm not beyond the belief that there are some pastors who might be tempted to say, "Hey." You know what? I'm having a rough week. <laughs> You've gotten into writer's block before. Yeah, writer's block. block. Yeah. So. And you start typing into the AI and they write you an amazing sermon. You're like, all right, this is going to be good. Uh, yeah, that's some <laughs> stuff to think about. Well, we have a passage of scripture in 1 Timothy 4.1. It says, this is a big warning from uh, Paul to the church. He says, but the spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith and pay attention to deceitful spirits and demonic doctrines. Uh, how easy 
would it be in the last times for it for an AI or something used by the devil to start creating a doctrinal opinion or something within the the church that sounds good, right? I mean, I was I mentioned in in the class. I said, what if I wanted to rewrite rewrite my own Bible, and instead of just using the Bible, I want to add Star Wars stuff. So we're going to start talking about the Force and all this other stuff. Um, the AI can actually write it so it sounds legit, like John three sixteen. You know, for God so loved the world that He sent His force into the world. You know, to save us. I mean, you're kind of standing back, going, mm, maybe I I don't know. That's maybe it's a different translation. You know, I I tell you, kids, we're not in Kansas anymore. No, this is this is some. Um, it's not scary. No, okay, but no. it's some eye opening um, revelations of what's happening in our world, and um, I think you better be rapture ready. Yeah, you need to. Uh, I would. This is my suggestion, and I know we live in a world of convenience, right? With technology, it makes it so convenient. We talked about this last week. That convenience doesn't necessarily mean that we should always just jump at the chance, because the long game of the devil is eventually move us away from the truth with that convenience. But uh, that's why I'm. I know you are. I am a big proponent of having a Bible. Yeah, of actual physical Bible mm-hmm. that has pages that you turn because although we have all these wonderful apps that we can get the Bible, you know, digitally on it. Um, with this new technology of AI, who's to say? They don't change a passage of Scripture. They don't change a passage of Scripture, yeah. Yeah, that's really uh, scary, yeah. actually. Because I've relied on, when I go to church and um, yep. things like that, I don't usually bring my my hard Bible just because I, I always have a pile of stuff I have to carry anyway yep. to get rid of and give to people on Sundays. So I typically don't do that. And um, mm-hmm. this disturbs me because i feel like it's there's yeah yep. there's no other choice like i have to carry it now which you know i like to take notes anyway but now yep. it's like this is and you know there's even apps that you can take notes in and things like that it's super convenient but i don't know i don't know how you trust it and if it gets hacked one day yeah you wouldn't right. even know you would have absolutely unless you had no it clue. memorized by art right yeah right yeah if you yeah. hadn't hit, hidden that passage away in your heart well, and I think that's the way, you know, the devil likes to work is, is uh, he speaks to the flesh, right? He speaks to the convenience that we're looking for. So uh, I know I'm not saying that the people that have created these apps are being used by the devil, but the fact is, is that it seems like a perfect ploy of the devil to get us so in, uh, wrapped up into the convenience that we we take everything for face value, right? Uh, we just kind of step back and go, oh, this has got to be right, you know, because it was coming from the Bible app, so it, it can't be wrong. But we're now lit. We just seen ideas coming out that uh, people can uh, fool us with music, with sermons. Uh, who's to say? You know, we we learned about these things called deep fakes, where they actually can take our face and put it on something else and make it look like we're actually saying it and doing it. Yep. Um, not good. Not good at all. Um, there was an article that I read in our class where um, husband and wife. Uh, his wife, uh, her, her face was taken off of a Facebook page, put on somebody that was uh, inappropriate behavior. And she got, she lost her job mm-hmm. because they thought it was her. Mm-hmm. And the husband and wife were fighting this in court mm-hmm. because they're like, that's not my wife. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, where it came from. Mm-hmm. But these things are now all over the internet with mm-hmm. his wife mm-hmm. doing unspeakable things. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that is not my wife. Mm-hmm. And she lost her job. Because it was part of a morality contract that she signed when she uh, got her position. And they look real. And it looks so real that you cannot tell the difference. Because the deep fakes, uh, the way they work is that it makes your face look like it's doing whatever you're, you're supposed to be doing in that video. And the only way you really know it is if you have that technology to break it apart and see what it is. 
But even that's getting hard because they're getting so good at, uh, you know, putting these things into the the video. Mm -hmm. So that's great too. I mean, one day Pastor Gary could, you know, be on the face of uh, Putin or something. Mm -hmm. He's talking about something that he shouldn't be talking about. Mm -hmm. And it would not be difficult because you can get online right now and find these programs that are available to everybody Mm -hmm. to do this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I just watched this video on um, how governmental people are masking themselves. And so when they're out in public, they're not really who, who they are, but they're deep undercover. Like, I don't even know if this is true, you guys, but I like a good good conspiracy. I like a good conspiracy theory, theory. but they're masked, but it looks so real. And now the, the videos are like trying to break it apart. So they're, they zoom in on like one section of their collarbone and they're like look the skin is coming off right here or look over here and you can tell that it's a fake by the ear and and so and then there was a ted talk on it and a lady that worked for the cia i think it was said we mask this is what we do so this is like mission impossible stuff you know keep ripping off the face yeah yeah it's becoming it's becoming a reality here's what i've noticed okay this is this is you know, not backed up by science, but it seems like everything we watch in a movie in about 10 years, mm-hmm. we're actually seeing it and being lived out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's crazy. Well, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense, right? Because I mean, really, if you go back to what God invested in us as human beings, right? He gave us that ability to create, uh, although we're not God, uh, you know, the devil's going to really massage that within our lives to make it possible that we can do anything that removes us from the power of God, the idea that God has to exist in our world. And so if we can begin to create an environment where we don't need God anymore, we can be, we can become our own God. We can create our own truth, our own world. Uh, it's becoming more and more uh, of a truth today. Uh, I mean, look at the CGI that's now in movies. I mean, um, I was watching this one uh, documentary on a, on a CGI film and they said that over 75% of the movie was not real. It was created by a computer. So the actors were not even in a lot of those scenes. It was right. just maybe their voices in there. Yeah. And the, I'm like, the, 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 like, let's say they're doing an apartment. The whole apartment is a green screen. Right. And they go sit on a green screen chair and then yep. they just create the environment uh, digitally. Yeah. And they're, you know, saving hundreds of millions of dollars because they're not sending actors across the world to shoot different scenes. They're just doing it in a computer. Well, you know, this made me think about last week when you were talking about the two uh, two witnesses, mm-hmm. you know, and, and about how people weren't that amazed by stuff that they had done at first. Right. Because maybe we're talking about a, a, a scene playing out like we're in that part of our our culture at that point where we don't believe anything anymore. We, we, or we take it for granted or whatever it is. It doesn't seem too shocking to us because we've seen it already. I think the level of suspicion <clears throat> is going to be going up astronomically in the life of an average person. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they're not going to be able to trust anything. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, that'd be great for a world leader to come in and say, Hey, let me give you the truth, yep. you know, and yep. uh, people are going to be wanting that. They're going to hunger for that because there's so many lies that they cannot believe already that one guy that comes out and says, I can, I can do, I can clear that all out for you. Yeah. I don't want to get going too far down the conspiracy rabbit hole because yeah. um, everything, everything's being legitimized, right? Every conspiracy is actually being played out, but you know, the, our food factor. Yeah. Right. Every single part of our food is being genetically modified. And now they've, they've gotten around it and they reterm everything. So even organic doesn't even mean organic, Yeah, you know, and, and, and then some of the, some of the ingredients are genetically modified, but they're being put into the, into the processed food that 
might be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just on every level. And yeah. now they're just injecting animals with the, with the stuff. Oh, well, we're, yeah. we're, it, Jesus got to be coming back soon. Well, and that's uh, the FDA was the FDA just said that they approved that uh, at some point they're going to start testing to see if they can put the COVID vaccine within our food that we're eating. So even if you're like one of those that I'm not going to take the COVID vaccine, uh, somehow it's going to show up in our food. Um, and that was something that just hit the news. That's not uh, that's not my conspiracy theory. That's something that yep. FDA is looking into. Yep. So I, those are the kind of things that just make you wonder, go, oh, my gosh, I must just start growing stuff in my own yard and, and not yeah, buying anything anymore in the store. Well, that's our uh, rapture news for today. And again, this is not to scare you. This is just to keep you on the the know mm-hmm. as to what's going on around you, so that you can be prepared. Yep. Um, you know, it's kind of like the watchman on the wall. You know, Nehemiah talks about this that you know sometimes it does require us to keep our eyes forward and our hands on the on the sword or the Bible that we're ready to go. And can I give you one little passage of scripture that yeah. helps us? This my wife and I remind each other of this often. Uh, in the end times, you know, and the the Bible says you will be able to you know, drink deadly poison and yeah. pick up serpents and it will not harm you. So th- th- this is going to be at such a level that you're not going to be able to completely, you know, safeguard yourself. And so you're just going to have to trust the Lord. He's watching over you. He's protecting you from yeah. the stuff you eat, the stuff you see, the stuff you hear, all that stuff. You're going to have to be filtering it through the fact that God's sovereign and he's watching over you. Amen to that. Now, does that work with uh, carbs and sugar? It, it does. It does. <laughs> Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I'd like to eat all the carbs I want and not have to worry about it. <laughs> We're going to take an identity break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for more? Well, then you found it right here on More Podcast. Stay tuned. It takes time and know-how to build your dream home. Why not consider waterfront property management and builders to make your next property a reality? Your dreams, your way, that's a waterfront team promise. Located in downtown Lansing, Michigan. When hiring a contractor to tackle your next housing project, Hire someone who knows what it takes to make it exactly how you dreamed it should be. With over 25 years of success, Sean Meyer Construction brings the know-how to tackle new or exciting projects. All right, so we are going into a Harbor Life Bible Trivia question today, and uh, the the question was, it was a rough question. It was tough. A lot of people were like, is this maybe the answer? Uh, but the question is, where do we get the word rapture from in the Bible? And the answer that Pastor Gary gave us is out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. It's from the phrase caught up, mm-hmm. and it's the Latin translation of this verse used, uh, which used the word uh, rapturo, and the Greek word translated is harpazio, which means to snatch or take away. And it was funny to hear people <laughs> write in and go, I think this might be, uh-huh. you know? Yep. And some people admitted, well, you know, I looked on Google. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that's cool. Yeah. That's good. So we did have a few hey, winners. Who's ever his fingers faster. That's yeah. right. Well, and you know, uh, if you, yeah, you, a lot of us are getting smart enough to use Google. So uh, we're finding it. But yeah, that was a, that was a tough one. 
That was it, a good one. It was. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I think it's good to drive people to the word and um, and not just give them some something easy, but make them really, really study and think. You know, and so that original Greek word was then translated into mm-hmm. Latin when the Bible was translated, and that, that's where that rapturo where we get the word rapture. So yeah, kind of a fun little investigative journey that you had to go on. And people did. I mean, they, they took some time to look at it. I know, um, uh, Ben Butnick, who uh, all the time answers our questions. And he said, I had to do a little research, a little Bible study to figure this one out. And yeah. I said, no, it's good. It's kind of fun. That word is actually used 14 times in the new Testament. So it's kind of peppered in there all over. There. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Well, if you, uh, wanted to be a part of this, uh, opportunity to win some swag, uh, from our podcast, uh, all you had to do is har- write to Harbor light Bible trivia at gmail.com with your answer. And then we have some small fun gifts for you, but it also puts you in, in the drawing for our awesome big gift, which is the, uh, Bluetooth speaker, which is uh, a bamboo. It's yeah. actually nice. It's super awesome. It is. It is super I awesome. Really, yeah. Mine is nicely packed away for mission trips. Oh, oh, nice. Because so I really yeah. want one, yes. And it, it's needed on mission trips. It's a lot it. of fun. And it's not that bad. I know because uh, uh, <laughs> Mandy said, don't mention my name again, but I'm going to mention it. <laughs> Mandy Garber uh, has one on her desk. Just do her initials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MG. There you go. MG. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's got one on her desk, and I think she's using it. Yeah, she uses it every day. Yeah. So, you know, if, if Mandy puts her seal of approval on it. MG. Yeah, MG. MG, you're getting really oh, bad sorry, at this. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you failed. Then it's good. That's good. But all you got to do, again, is write to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com and uh, send in your, uh, your uh, answer to that. And then at the end of this month, we're going to draw <coughs> for the uh, Bluetooth speaker. And uh, you could be a winner. So who awesome. won swag this time? Or is it just anyone that writes in? No, there's, uh, I, I didn't write the names down, but we've got five people that won this week. Oh, and you don't call them out on here? Well, I could, yeah. I mean, there's oh. quite a few on there, five people that have answered. But, I, I you know, they'll get their swag on Sunday. They'll, most of them will go to our church. So nice. we'll, we'll get it to them. Um, but that leaves us for this week with our big question. Yeah, I've got a good question. It just came to my mind. Um, so in the book of Revelation, we see the Antichrist takes a fatal wound. And so my question for you, or the question for the trivia, is uh, who resurrects him? Oh, and uh, so you have to be kind of specific. You have to yeah. look at it in the book of Revelation, find the find the actual Bible passage and find out who resurrects the Antichrist after he takes the fatal wound. That's good. OK. And it can't be the science school answer, right? It has to be the specific. It has answer. to be. It, it is very specific. There is right. a specific person right. who will resurrect the Antichrist. So this is this is good. This is going to be a good one. And you can send that answer to Harborlight Bible Trivia at Gmail dot com. And then if you get it right, we'll put your name in the drawing for that awesome Bluetooth speaker that, you know, I think is, is something that you're going to want to win. Everybody that's got one so far has loves thought they're amazing. It. Loves it. Yes. Including Manny Garber. And anyways, oh. <laughs> MG, MG, She's MG. going to get you. I know. You know, it's just so funny because her mom said, you, you need to start listening to the podcast because Alex talks about you. And, and she's like, well, I do every now and then when I'm driving and stuff. She's like, I got to listen to it really close now to I'm find out. I'm supportive of whatever she wants to do to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paybacks. Uh, that's bad. So uh, the question is, who resurrects the Antichrist in the book of Revelation? And if you know the answer, send it to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com and uh, let us know so you can win some awesome swag and also get your name in the drawing for the awesome Bluetooth speaker. Uh, we have we have a lot of those speakers now. So we, That's good. we can go for the next uh, few years 
with uh, winnings. I, you know, they only let me buy lots of 15. So, oh, really? Yeah, I've got enough for 15 months. So, okay, we can, it's, it's pretty good. So, we got enough. So, don't worry about, you know, you're missing out on an opportunity. You could win one. And if you do win one, you've already won one. This is a good opportunity for you to give it to someone else and say, hey, I'm giving this to you, but also listen to the podcast because it can be helpful. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this week. I'm yes, like, the more podcasts can be helpful. Yes, more to pod- people. Yeah, yes. for sure. For sure. It is. It's, uh, well, now we're fortified with the fruits of the spirit. Yep. So Excellent. We're, yeah, we're FDA approved. So <laughs> it's really helpful for your spiritual growth. And GMO. And GMO. <laughs> what was that the GMO stand for? You said? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, something God, God, something. I don't remember. I just made it up on spot, God. So. Yeah, he came up with God modified something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what we offer. Got and uh, yeah, organisms, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to take an ID break and we'll be right back. Well, here's how to have more. Know God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcast. Well, has the winter done a number on your beautiful floors in your home? Well, Hamel's Flooring, with their expert touch of Cliff Haas, is sure to have an answer for you. With a large exclusive collection of carpet and vinyl flooring, your floors will look better than new. That's Hamel Flooring here in Petoskey. All right, we're going to break into our Bible talk today. And uh, we, you know, we've been talking about the last four weeks about the remote life uh, as a series and uh, all the different functions that we see on a, on a remote, we find that those seem to apply somehow to our faith journey. Uh, and so we've talked about pushing pause, pushing record um, and pushing play. And so now we're going to be talking about uh, rewinding and fast forwarding, which was our topic last Sunday. And uh, it left us with a question. If God gave us the ability to fast forward or rewind, would it be a good thing on our faith journey? And I just want to start out with that question because um, we did describe a lot of things on Sunday about how fast forwarding could be an advantage. Uh, I think a lot of us would agree that we'd like to have that ability to fast forward or rewind our lives. But would that be a good thing if God said, okay, you know what, I'm going to give you that ability. Uh, I'll start with you, Pastor Gary. What do you think? Well, um, my small group loved the conversation that we had around the particular message that you brought, which was excellent. Thank you. And um, they they just really, really uh, felt like if you really think about it, that it would not be necessarily a super helpful thing because many of our growth mm-hmm. periods take place in the midst of the struggle or the midst of the faith step that we have to take or not knowing what the future is. And you look at uh, you know Abraham being the father of, of all of to the three major faiths that are on the planet today, you know, go to the land and I'll let you know when you get there. Yeah. Right. You know, no, yeah. no directions really at all. Uh, so he was the father of our faith and he is, you know, one that had to live out and experience what it means to trust in the Lord and know what your future is going to hold is in his hands. So our, our small group really enjoyed the conversation and we've just felt like yeah. it was important to, to go at the pace in which the Lord brings us. It would be very tempting to know or be able to have an insight of what, it's all, all going to turn out. Although, mm-hmm. isn't it amazing that, um, you know, a third of our Bible is prophecy, which yeah. gives us indication of what's coming next. So I think it's, if it's in the hands of the Lord for him to reveal yeah. our future, then that's a trusted place. But in our own to know about the future, it probably be more harmful than good. Yeah. Amy, uh, Pastor Amy, what do you think about that? 
Do you think it'd be a good thing? To fast forward? Yeah, to fast forward or rewind. I mean, do you think that's something that, uh, if God could give us that ability, it would be good for us? Um, I don't, I don't know about the fast forwarding. I've never really been too interested in that, but, uh, the rewinding, I think that, um, sometimes we rewind and sometimes we end up staying in the rewind Mm -hmm. era of our lives, even though we're saved. So we continuously go back, continuously go back, continuously go back to what, you know, the Lord has saved us from. And I think that that is something that is such a detriment. Like I, when I counsel people, sometimes I I say to them, stop looking in the rear view mirror. Like mm-hmm. when you look in the rear view mirror the whole time, you're not really driving forward and you can get yourself in a wreck that way. Yeah, It's the same way as rewinding. Like if we continuously look back to where God has taken us out of, mm-hmm. then we're going to wreck. Like th- this is the, the done stage of our lives. We need to move forward and, and live victoriously out of, out of that sin and out of where he's taken us. And so... Yeah, I'm glad we don't have to rewind. I wouldn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always have said that I wouldn't mind reliving like age 17. <laughs> yeah, I think we all would. Life. Yeah, yeah. Like it was the best year of my life. Yeah. As like just being free and just the world was wide open for me. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. So that's it. But I don't want to relive all the stuff that brought me to that or the stuff after that. Like, I don't want to rewind to that specific stuff. But and you, it's good to leave it behind. You'd like to rewind back to the moment you met your husband, right? Right. That's yeah. what you're going to say? Yeah. That's much younger. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we were pretty young when we met. Do you remember when uh, you had to take your VCR tape that you rented from the store and you had to make sure it was rewind? Otherwise, they charged you. Yes, yeah. they charged they you charged money. you to stick it in there and yeah. hit the rewind button. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And yeah. we thought it took so long <laughs> to rewind. Yeah. yeah. And then they even made the rewinders separate from the Yeah, so VHS. it could go faster. Yeah. yeah, so it could go faster, and you thought you were so awesome when you yeah. had that. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> You know, going back over this, you know, because my, my son and I were talking about this, because he, you know, he's grown up in virtually a digital age. And I'm like, you don't understand the nightmare with tapes. I mean, cassette tapes in your car to listen to music, you always were concerned if it was too hot that you're going to lose that whole tape yep. because it's going to get uh, so soft in the tape player, it's going to just rip it apart. And, you know, you just paid nine bucks for that whole that whole tape and then you're going to lose it. I'm yeah, like, they have no yeah, idea they have about no a idea. pencil. Pencil rewind and like rewinding mm-hmm. yeah. cassette tapes and mm-hmm. stuff like this. This is life, people. Yeah, like, yeah. this was hard work. <laughs> I remember the first time I got a uh, a player in my car that if you pushed a button, it would seek the next song on a tape. And it was I'm a like, big deal. Oh that yeah, that was a big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. And it was like precursor to the CD. I think I think it came out just before CDs became real popular. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh man, I can go to my next song. But still, when you when you're hitting you seek, wait. yeah, you had to wait like. I don't know, an hour before to find a song. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, oh, here we go. Now we can play it again. And then if you want to rewind it back to the song again, it's another hour, you know, mm-hmm. to get it back to where it's going to go. Uh, yeah. So rewinding and fast forwarding, I think is, is a, uh, something that I think we'd all would like uh, at some point. I, I know uh, talking to people after uh, church on Sunday, you know, they've had those moments of thinking it'd be great to fast forward and know how life was going to happen. You know, if my my investments that I put in the stock market were going to pay off at some point, or if, uh, you know, my kids are going to grow up and be, you know, part of the uh, society and, and be, you know, contributing members, you know, all those kind of things, those questions that you have. But um, I think that as we begin to look at the subject on Sunday, there's a very good chance that uh, we really wouldn't want 
we wouldn't know how to use that information. I think that's it. I think we'd come back to the fact that even though we, we know how to fast forward or God gave us the ability to fast forward, we wouldn't really want that information because eventually it would really cause us to be um, overburdened with the possibilities. Um, it seems like every sci-fi movie I watch when somebody can see the future, they're like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want to think about it anymore. I don't want to go to the future because it's, you know, it's not something I expected, but I think it's the same way with rewinding. I think, uh, pastor Amy brought that up too, was that we can be preoccupied with our past. And especially if we're starting to deal with, uh, issues that, uh, were devastating to us or harmful to our journey. Uh, it does begin to create for us this, this mindset where we get stuck there. And we become so overconsumed by the, the, the issues that we created before that when God starts speaking to us and it's still a small voice and says, hey, let's keep going forward, uh, you just don't hear it anymore because you're so consumed by the possibilities and the potential of what happened before, how it's affecting you now. Uh, there's a passage of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter one where the children of Israel are getting ready to go into the, the promised land. And uh, there's this little small paragraph where uh, God's speaking through Moses to the people and he says, hey, uh, it's time for you to get up and move across the Jordan. You know, this is after 40 years of, of all the stuff they've gone through. And it's interesting in that passage of scripture that God tells Moses that that journey would have only took them nine years uh, prior to, uh, or 11 years, 11 years? No days, man. Well, no, from-, from Across the, the Jordan? No, no, not from the Jordan, from where they started to where they were going that trail. Okay. Uh, it's in Deuteronomy chapter one. And- uh, Oh, uh, it talks about how it was just, it's a sh- lot shorter period of time, nine years of, of walking that with that many people. I think it was probably the issue, but instead it took them 40 years to get to where they were. And and then all of a sudden God says, okay, you know what? Uh, you learned from that, but let's move forward. Let's, let's go on. And it was God leading them into their future, but um, they couldn't make it happen. And, and if they would have known their future, I think it would have been a problem. And I think sometimes, you know, God does that with us as well. When we really want to know the future, uh, God gets us to the place where we can be prepared to do it. And then he says, okay, now, now we can go forward. Uh, and it's not us moving the, the ball forward. When you, when you were sharing on Sunday, um, of course, I totally love, you know, the anointing that flows when you're speaking and I'm hearing other people preach. I, I'm getting downloads right from the Lord while that's happening. And you shared how if we knew the future, mm-hmm. um, because because humans, without the help of God, would always use that information in an evil way, mm-hmm. um, then it would not be a good thing. Uh, think about the fact that even with prophecy, what are what are the two, or what are, in your opinion, what are the responses that people use when they look at prophecy? So they see how the world's going to be predicted to end by the book of Revelation and Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah. You know, so what's their what's their reaction usually, in your opinion? Uh, I think that they they want to identify the the specifics, right? Okay. I mean, if you're looking at prophecy, especially Revelation, what's the big question all the time? Is you know who's the antichrist? Who's the antichrist? And all this other stuff. They want to know specifics, like when it's going to happen. When, and all when it's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, you know Jesus knows that that's our potential as human beings. That's what we want. That's the desire that we have. And so he's like, don't even worry about it. You won't know when it's going to happen. I'm going to come like a thief in the night. Or you talked about the the 10 virgins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be something that we don't expect. And I think we spend a, a lot of time trying to understand those things. And even in Revelation, I think it's always a temptation. Um, I love the book and, I, you know, we're doing the class and you're doing a great job with that. Uh, people just love that that idea. But 
that's really the the sub question all the time. It's not like let me give you the information on what's going to happen, but you know how's it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And we've been doing that for generations, right? I mean, you remember uh, back in the eighties, you know, 88, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in eighty eight, and then eighty nine. Uh, we've been trying to do that for years, and uh, you know, the Bible says clearly, no man knows the hour or the day when the Lord will appear, and so we we can spend a lifetime doing that. And the reality is the blessing of revelation is the fact that we see justice in it, right? Okay. We see the end result being mm-hmm. that God's going to be glorified. God's going to win. And that's really the blessing. Uh, the other information is helpful, right? Mm-hmm. It's always helpful to, to know uh, a little bit about the journey. But the fact is, is that God is glorified as being the one who wins. Yeah, And I think that's something that should be uh, helpful for us as believers to stand back and go, I, I may not know how everything's going to happen but I know that God's going to take care of it. Yeah. And that's the cry of every human being that accepts Jesus and begins to see the world as evil and understands that things are not going the way they should be, that my God, he's going to, he's going to fix it. I see, I see as you were preaching, there's a preoccupation that people can have with the future preoccupation of what they're going to do or not do. Um, and then, <clears throat> and then fear can set in yeah. and then they just lock up and they're not continuing to to make, go with the mandate that we are given to go into all the world, make disciples and baptize them and teach them to obey and all that stuff. They, you know, so there again, human heart broken results in more brokenness where I'm just going to hole up and, you know, hope that all goes away. Have you heard that? Um, you've heard that saying, I'm so heavenly minded. I'm no earthly yeah. good. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. I think with when we get so involved in like the revelation mm-hmm. of it, we can get really you know, hyper-focused on that. It is important, but mm-hmm. why is it important? It's because it's the the grand finale. And warning. Yeah, and warning of, yeah. of our Christian walk and our journey and what the Lord's going to do. And so people get really excited about it. But, you know, sometimes it gets so twisted and turned around that, you know, we're not going to be here when that happens if you're saved. Like, we get, we get to exit right on out of here. So that's the excitement for me. But to hear about all the other stuff for me is just disastrous. But it is the ultimate victory, you Mm -hmm. know. And so it's interesting how it's going to end, right? Right. We we know that, and we're all waiting for that prophecy to come to fruition, for it for it to actually happen. And we've heard other prophecies from uh, just mere mortals (laughs) that Mm -hmm. have not really come to fruition. I mean, they were tested. You know, they were saying that. Jesus was coming back in all these different years and stuff. People have actually spoken that and, and, and it hasn't failed happened. in the process. Yeah. Uh, disclaimer, Pastor Gary, mm-hmm. should I ever judge your, your Bible uh, acumen here? Uh, it is 11 days. Okay. 11 days they should have taken to get to where they were going. Okay. And it took them 40 years. Yep. That's still like 40 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it only 11 day trip. And I was thinking like an 11 year trip or a nine year trip. That would be so long. Yeah. In, that's what I was thinking, but it's area. only 11 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 11 days. But 11 days to 40 years, like, yeah. the Lord was so patient with that. Yeah. It took you 40 years. To get to where you needed to go. 11 day trip. <laughs> that's a problem. Well, and that, I think that's, a, that's another thing of why we don't want to know the future, right? Because if God is going to work in us to get us to the next point, sometimes we want to know the process on how long it's going to take, what's going to happen through that. Uh, I mentioned on, uh, I think it was the first service, I talked about how in, in our ministry, uh, 25 years, 30 years we were in the Salvation Army and it all got us prepared for the moment that we're here, you know, uh, working with Pastor Gary, supporting the ministry here, uh, ministering to our congregation here. 
uh, you know, if I would have known 30 years ago that was going to happen, I would have been like, what the heck? I don't want to spend that much time in preparation for whatever it means. Uh, but God knew that I needed to know that. So, uh, you know, sometimes you don't want to know the future because we don't want to know the process of laying ahead. And it's not that it's bad. It's just that there's a lot of stuff that God's got to work through. I mean, and you look at Moses, he spent 40 years of his life taking care of sheep before he actually ever took care yep. of Israel. Yeah, that's a fun message to yeah. preach about, you know, the shepherd of the sheep and the shepherd of the people of Israel. Yeah. Right, he had to shepherd them. It was like they were acting the same exact way as the sheep. Exact yeah. same way. And he gained a lot of knowledge on how to deal with, uh, you know, ankle biter sheep mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but it took him 40 years to get that that downloaded into his, his spirit and prepared to do that. And, and so it's not a bad thing, you know, to spend that time and letting God uh, speak to you. Uh, and, and I think that's why it's a good thing that we pray that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. It's your will be done. Um, and we keep that in the forefront of our mind because uh, our will definitely would want to fast forward to find the next thing. And, and it seems like we live in a culture that wants to do that. Everything we have tells us that we can fast forward to the next thing and get there. And we don't have to spend any time in the waiting. We don't have to know any of the premise or context. We can just get to where we want to go. And here you go. You know, now you've arrived. But we've never learned anything. All right. So here's a question for you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you did a great job of, uh, you know, identifying two types of people. There's the rewinder people. They tend to get stuck in the past or just what the good old days. And then there's those people who are anxious about the future yeah. and they want to know how it's all going to turn out. So let's say I, I find myself in one of those two camps, right? So what am I supposed to do about that? How, how am I supposed to overcome being a rewinder or, um, you know, not, not get stuck in being a fast forward person? How do you, how do you, uh, you know, prescribe for me a plan to kind of not yeah. fall into those traps? I think uh, that's a I have a answer about the fast forward. Okay, go ahead. Just because it's generated in my brain right now. But um, the story about manna being put on the ground, mm. um, it keeps coming to my mind. Oh, that's that really good. Even though there was manna and God was taking care of them every single day, they yeah. started to hoard it, right? Yep. They started to yep. grab a hold of it and kept it for the next day. And then yep. and then what happened to it? It spoiled. Yeah. It spoiled, spoiled, right? So what keeps going through my mind is that when we try to fast forward or we try to plan for that kind of a thing, God says, no, mm -hmm. it's, it's a faith thing. Have faith in me. Have trust in me to know that I'm going to take care of you. That's yeah. what I'm going to do for you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to fast forward. You don't have to prepare it on your yep. own. Yep. You you can wait. You can have the faith. And that's where our faith comes in in our uh, Christian walk. I mean, it's it's all about faith in our fast for, in, in fast forwarding. Like not not fast forwarding past the journey, but having faith all along the way that the Lord is going to take care of us, and that He has our best interests you know, in mind when he does this. And that was really rich. Yeah, that, was good. that was great. Thanks. Yeah. There's a, uh, talking about the fast forward thing. I'll, I'll just share a little, uh, personal thing that God's been working on in my life is that, uh, when I was getting ready for the sermon, um, one thing that my wife knows is that, uh, you know, we, we bought our house after leaving the Salvation Army, we didn't own anything. And so we, we bought our house and we have a mortgage about what 148,000 is what it is. And I said to her, I said, this is nuts. I'm 50 years old and I'm going to be dealing with a mortgage. That's going to probably take me into my late seventies or more, uh, you know, I'm not going to be coherent by the time I get ready to pay this. Oh I just, what I think sometimes, but I, you know, the Lord began to start speaking in my life and he's like, you know what, if I brought you here, then I'm going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And there's no need for you to be worrying about the future 
of what it's going to look like. And it was while I was getting this message together. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I mean, I want so badly to know how this fast forward thing is going to, to work out because that to me is just a daunting thing to think about. I mean, uh, we were talking about this. Our first house that we owned would have been paid off last year mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have been a mortgage anymore. Mm-hmm. And here I am at 50 mm-hmm. starting over like we did when we were in our 19 and twenties. And, and so I'm just like, this is ridiculous, but you know, Lord start speaking to me. I, I'd like to kind of inform our listeners that uh, as pastors, as we prepare for messages, almost every single time we're living out yeah. what the very thing, thing that we're talking yep. about, you know, so you had yes. a little sneak peek about not being anxious about the future yeah. uh, through your mortgage while you're, preparing a message to encourage us all not to get anxious. Yeah. About right. The future. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It is such a beautiful thing. It's probably one of the things I love the most about being a teaching pastor yeah. is um, I'm almost experiencing every single time what it is I'm talking about. Yeah. It definitely has to affect us first. Yeah. Right. It, oh, ha- for sure. it has to, the, the word has to speak to us right. in order for us to, yeah, like be we were, real and share it. Like right? we were talking about with that AI stuff, you know, yeah. that, 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 that comes from an, there's no authenticity behind it. Right. But when the message is that God lays on our hearts that we give to our people or counsel our people, it's coming from a real true place of experience in our, in our and it's an authentic yeah. thing. It's a beautiful thing when it, obviously that happens. Cause like you said, when you stand up there and you're getting ready to speak, you know that you've already grappled with this already, yep. you know? And I know there. that you guys have had this happen too, but when you're preaching, the Lord is downloading to you yeah. in real time in, in real yeah. time. And you're like, Oh Lord, you're working on me with this faith in this area. And you're doing this in this area. And it's very humbling because sometimes it doesn't always come through the study. It comes through the deliverance too yeah. of, of the word. So one time I was speaking and uh, the Lord gave me a word while I'm speaking. It was mm-hmm. a prophetic word yeah. that uh, he's going to hold a rope down from heaven. And the only thing I'm going to have left, or I, I was saying the only thing you're going to have left to do is hold on to this rope. You're not going to have any sure footing or any of that kind of stuff. And what I found out is about six months later, that word was for me. I had to hold on to his rope and I had nothing left to stand on. I thought I was giving a word for somebody else, but it was right for me. Oh my gosh. Humbling, uh, incredible, scary, because it was, you know, it was a future thing for me. And, uh, but the Lord is the one that's holding, he's the one holding the other end of the rope. Yeah. Right. I haven't, Nothing else in the world is going to be able to hold that end of the rope except for the Lord, and that brings you that sense of peace that you need. And that's that's, that's when good. you're like, you get those goosebumps, holy goosebumps. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, I was answering uh, answering your question that you asked earlier about you know how do we deal with this? I you know I brought up a passage of scripture in Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven, and this is Paul's insight on dealing with why this wouldn't be a good thing and how we can deal with the anxiousness that's there. And he says, uh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. And I, I think that's so important uh, in the process. And then I add then there's this part that I highlighted there and ask people in church on Sunday to highlight, which exceeds anything that we can understand. Uh, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I think that's the key right there is that we don't understand, even if it was presented to us, the future. It's it's kind of a, a wasted uh, thought process to sit there and try to understand what the future holds because we have no context yet, right? If I If God all of a sudden just downloaded to me the next 20 years of my life, I'd be like reading Revelation, right? I'd be like, wow, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. where am I going with this? And I think we would be uh, getting anxious and upset and frustrated over nothing because we don't know the process is going to happen as we move along in that, that whole um, leading by Christ. But um, if we pray and let God begin to work in all the situations, every step of the way, he shows us what we need to know at that point. 
right? We need to know this. And uh, I think that process is good for us. I think that's what we should be doing as we're thinking about fast forwarding is that, um, you know, it's not going to do you any good if God gave you everything to know about your future, but instead it would be so much better for you to say, okay, today, give me your daily bread, Mm -hmm. help me understand my future right now where it's at and let me worry about tomorrow and tomorrow take care of itself as in James. Don't spend that time trying to wonder, you know, if I do this, how is it going to affect me tomorrow? Because the truth is, you know, God has his plan and how he's going to work things, uh, work things through. And it's better to just let him be the lead, you know, follow him through that. Uh, when it comes to rewinding, you know, the fact is, is that um, when we rewind ourselves, uh, a lot of times what we do is we make it to become something of a, a, a weight that we don't need to bear. And um, I'm, I'm looking up the passive scripture that I read about uh, Paul talking about this. And he says, you know, I forget what happened before me. And I press on to the mark. And he says in Philippians chapter three, verse 13 to 14, I focus on this one thing, Paul says. And, and this is a guy who could have focused on a lot of things because he persecuted Christians. He was not a good guy before he met Jesus. And it says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race, receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus called me. And then the key parts there is he forgets the past, um, forgets the fact of all the things that he could have been condemned for and convicted in the courts of heaven. And and God says, you know what, this is how I want you to think about it. And the, the problem is we live in a society today where people are telling us, you know, getting to embrace your past is a good thing because it helps you build your future. In some regards, that is kind of helpful, right? Because if we don't have history, we're really kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. But the problem is the devil loves us to just stay in that mess. And we don't see the progress. We don't see the possibility of where God has led us to, to why we're here today. And we just spend our time uh, just condemned and convicted by what we've done in the past. And, you know, I'm telling you, that could be so debilitating to us as believers because we don't um, see the potential in our future because we're so um, overwhelmed by the mistakes that we made and the mess we were part of. And uh, that's not a God, that's not what God wants us to do. I mean, God freed us from that. He, you know, he opened the, the prisons of our past and he said, go, you know, get out of here. I, I forgive you. And uh, you know, that whole going in the past thing also removes the power of forgiveness from God. You know, it takes it away and basically makes it null and void. Like, you know, God didn't really do anything for me on the cross if I'm still spending all the time in the mm, past. That's, so that's powerful too. Yeah. And there's not uh with the rewind, um, it's not all bad. No, right? it's not. Just like Pastor mm-hmm. Gary said earlier, um, rewinding and living in the glory days. I mean, mm-hmm. you yeah. you do hear that a lot from people like um, and you can all think of a, a an age that you were that was just marvelous for you, and everything went your way, and yeah. life was great. So, and and we like to relive those glory days and think about the times and the fun that we've had, right? So, not all of it is bad. And why is that so important not to rewind to those times in our lives? There is a um, a uh, warning, really, that you can't go back to those things. Let's say someone's struggling in their marriage a couple is struggling in their marriage and one of them, the husband or the wife is constantly rewinding back to the time that they dated somebody else. That was, it was a wonderful relationship and it maybe it obviously was not wonderful because they're not married to him. Right. But, uh, that that's a, that's a huge red flag because if you want to go back to that kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. instead of invest in the, the future that you have with the partner that you have, that is a, a huge warning. 
And so that that is something that even reliving the glory days and thinking of the good times and stuff, that's not always good. And it can bring you down a path yeah. that is very detrimental for your spiritual health, your mental health, your physical health, everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then we rewind also because of the bad things in our lives, right? The the trauma and the chaos that have happened in our lives. If we don't turn those times mm-hmm. into a testimony to bring glory to the Lord, right? Then we're just going back and we're becoming bitter and mm. not better, right? So I read a really good study um, called. Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkis. Mm. I have told many people about this, especially, I mean, especially if you cannot forget the things that have happened to you in the past, or even just one thing, if something just keeps plaguing your mind and you just cannot get rid of it, it's like an endless cycle. This is so helpful to know that you can forgive it even though you can't forget it, and you can move on and you can be better instead of bitter. And there's a lot of that. We, we live in a really broken, broken world, a broken society and people hurt us and it's a continuous thing. And sometimes we have the consequences of other people's sin and we just happen to be a bystander of it, but there's still the consequence of the sin that affects us. Right. Yeah. And so that still is traumatic and still causes issues with us. So how do we deal with that? And one of the biggest things that I took from that is forgiveness does not come because the other person has asked us to forgive them. Right. It has nothing to do with that person, honestly. It has everything to do with the Lord and how he has forgiven us. And when we choose not to forgive somebody else, even if they never apologize to us, that we're really saying that what you did on the cross was... yeah. That, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it just means nothing. You forgave me for all of the amount of sin that I was going to have in my life. I mean, we didn't even know. We weren't even there. Right. And we're saying that it's not worth it to forgive somebody else. And so that is something that is really eye-opening for me as we rewind. We don't need to rewind anymore because it can be very detrimental um, to that. But unless you bring glory to God through that rewind, then it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, a saying that I put on. I don't even know where I got it from, but I just thought it was really cool to share about uh, this idea of rewinding. It says, "The more time you spend walking in the mud of the past, you will eventually get stuck in a hole that will keep you from moving forward." Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's really what we start finding ourselves is that uh, we start dabbling in the temptation of wanting to go back. Um, eventually, there's going to be something in our past that's going to keep us where we we won't be moving forward anymore. And enable it enables the devil then to have more control than God ever intended, you know, in our lives. And we've given that control because we don't want to let go of something. And I, I know in my own life, I don't know about the rest of you here, but I know in my own life, there are things that I have done in the past that I'm like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. And if I allowed that to be the consuming thought in my life, um, I'm no longer wanting to find out what God wants to do with me. So this is a little thing we do at Harbor Light. Um, you may not know about this, but uh, many of the times people that are getting baptized, I'll talk to them ahead of time mm-hmm. and I'll say, listen, if there's anything that's keeping you from the relationship with Jesus, you know, maybe a hurt from the past or a wound or something like that, here's a little piece of paper and I want you to write down a summary of what that is on this little piece of paper. Oh, yeah. And we have this dissolvable paper. That's cool. And so then when we get baptized, the moment that I lay them down in the grave, yeah. you know, in that water, they let go of it and then they come back out 
and uh, you know that paper dissolves. Yeah, and you can't dig it back out because it doesn't. It's not there anymore. And you know, so that's the little um, physical exercise of a spiritual uh, so truth cool. that we want to be able to get ahead. So, uh, for some of us, I think we need to um, probably get rebaptized. You know, yeah. with that idea of leaving something in the grave. That's um, powerful. That yeah. is so powerful. Yep. It yeah. is powerful to even just write it down. Yes. Throw it in a campfire. Throw yep. it in a, yep. and dissolve yep. it if in water. If you can dig it out and put it back together, then go ahead and dwell on it. But yeah, that's it, not the way. You know, it's kind of the deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If you can find it, then go ahead and dwell on it. But we created it such a way that you can't get that thing back out of there. That is a cool Let idea. I didn't even know they made yeah. that kind of paper. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun to say, you know, to, to do the mental exercise yeah. saying, Lord, you remember? And he's like, nope, don't remember it. Right. You yeah. Know? So unless you have it on a piece of paper, <laughs> you can bring it back up with him. He doesn't remember it anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take an identity break. We'll be right back with some other questions. You know, don't settle for insurance that won't cover your toys, home, or auto. There's a reason that Wilson Insurance is an industry leader in Northern Michigan. They're not in the business to sell insurance. They're in the business to be there when you need an agent most. That's Wilson Insurance. Petoskey. Well, as I was uh, closing the message, I'm, I'm sure you guys remember this part, but I, I left a, a couple ideas, kind of a summary of fast forwarding or winding for people to walk away with. And, and the the idea of fast forwarding, I said that it would be awesome on some level to be able to fast forward. I think all of us would agree on so, that we'd love to do that. But uh, it is so much better than to, you know, it's so much better to trust God is the idea is that I, instead of fast forwarding, it's better to just stand back and go, God, I, I trust you in faith, believe that you're going to make my next step what it needs to be. And uh, when is my time to do the next thing? And and I think that's a difficult uh, maturity process for us to, to relinquish that kind of trust and faith in the God. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Um, you could be one of the people in the church we go, they're the most, they have the most faith ever, but still there's going to be something that's going to come in your life that's going to require you to be, okay, I'm going to give it to you and say, this is yours. And uh, uh, I know that in our lives, I, I think all of us as parents around this table, that the giving the kids to Jesus was a big thing, you yeah, know, yeah. saying, God, okay, I, I don't have any more really technically control over him anymore, but God, you, you need to do what you need to do. And that was, I know in my own life, that was a tough thing to say, okay, God, I got to give them over. Then the last thing was rewinding may have its perks, but none of us can effectively follow Jesus when our eyes are looking away from where he is leading us. Um, I mentioned in the, the sermon that one of the hardest things that we do and what the devil likes us to do is keep looking at our past so much that we're not looking the other way and we're not walking. It's hard to walk backwards on our faith journey. And um, I think that is so true is that a lot of us think that we can keep up with what God's calling us to do. But at the same time, we're walking backwards and, and we find ourselves tripping and falling down and not being able to do what we need to do for God. And how much more effective would it be to focus our eyes on like what Paul says in the Mark and forgetting what's behind us and heading forward. Uh, that seems to be the more efficient way of being a follower of Christ. And it's something that uh, we should really strive to do. And the, the less that we can, you know, uh, spend time spending looking in the back, the, the better our move forward will be. You know, I just uh, took one of the words of uh, Pastor Amy from earlier about, you know, driving backwards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> one, uh, you know, three out of every four accidents happen going in reverse. Really? Three out of every four. And you think about how much time you actually spend going backwards versus forward. Yeah. It's, it's, not cr- it's crazy. All, I learned right? this in truck driving school. Really? That almost all accidents, 75% of accidents happen while you're backing up. 
Wow. That's like, you're looking in the rearview mirror. That seems to be like a sermon ready to happen there. That, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I'll just tell you this quick story that one time I was backing out of a parking lot. It was a parking lot of a church that we were at and I ran smack dab. I, I, I reversed right into the caseworker's car mm. and we called the cops and everything and did a, you know, a whole report Accident and everything. Report. Yeah. Yep. And the cop said this to me, did you not see the car? And my, <laughs> like my sarcasm came out mm-hmm. because I was like, really? So I said to him, yeah, I saw the car and I decided to just run into her vehicle today. Yeah. That's exactly what I decided to do. Of course I didn't see the car because I wouldn't have hit it. If I seen the right. car. Right. So it was just crazy when he said that to me. I'm like, no, I didn't see the car. And it was a small parking lot. And like my brain was just not there. And I just didn't see it. It didn't compute that there was a car right there. And I ended up smacking right into it. Well, you didn't see it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember the whole thing. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be a good husband and not say a word right now. <laughs> I'm not going to be a part of this. And she didn't drive a small car. Mm-hmm. It was like a, uh, like a. It was a UP. It was like what your yeah. wife drives. Okay. Yeah, it was, it a, was big a big car. vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, there there Amy just <laughs> just divulging secrets right there. Did uh, you feel the blood pressure going up a little bit when she was telling that story? She's yeah. still she's still getting yeah, some she's feelings still, off like, of that really? thing. <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't gosh. believe he asked that question. I'm just like, that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for asking Mr. Obvious there on right. that one. Right. I know I felt so scared. Captain Obvious. Do you have any uh any closing thoughts, Pastor Gary, on this whole thing? No, I just wanted to uh, you know, kind of uh affirm how great you did and the content was amazing and people were really touched and moved and um and I think that uh Something that's happening at Harbor Light, we're uh, you know we're opening the altars up for mm-hmm. people to spend some time with the yeah. Lord and to to see a, like a, a really healthy number of people yeah. come forward and spend some time with Jesus and talk talk to Him about you know because that that thing that you just read from Philippians you know you know pray about everything don't worry about anything tell the Lord what you need yeah right that's that's spending some time with the Lord and saying God I need your being set free from the past or I need, you know, your confidence of moving forward or I need to be forgiven or I need to give forgiveness, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Just talk to the Lord. And I think when you come to the altar, spend some time and talk to the Lord. Yeah. And so thank you for setting that up beautifully. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Amy, you got any closing remarks? Uh, I just want to say that, you know, in scripture, it tells us that we need to have faith like the size of a mustard seed. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about that, that that seems quite large. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem large when you don't have faith, right? And so, um, and the other thing that the Lord's been working on me with is um, when somebody has something that they're struggling through or whatever, um, and they say to me, well, just pray. I've really been trying to work on that, that that is the most powerful thing that you can do. So it's not just prayer. Right. It's spiritual warfare. Yeah. And we're going to go to war for your family. We're going to go to war for your marriage. We're going to do that. We're going to have enough faith that the Lord's going to do that, that it's just not prayer. Yeah. And we're going to have faith the size of a mustard seed. That's a great time because next Sunday... We're going into spiritual warfare, right? That's yes, right. Well, we that's right. Yep. That's our next series. How and, did you uh, know that? Yep, yeah. The Invisible War Yeah, uh, is the name of the series. And we're going to do six or seven weeks of uh, covering every aspect of what it means to be a warrior for Christ. It's, it's going to be great. good. And nice. if you don't pick it all up there, you'll have a class yes. for six weeks and are starting May 10th. Class continuation May 10th. Continuation May 10th will be starting spiritual warfare. So yeah, what's going to be good? And it seems like it's so 
right to talk about it yeah, right so now. Needed yeah, right so now. needed. So, well, we're glad that you're here with us on the more podcast and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Remember, if you have that Bible trivia question, send it to Harbor Light Bible trivia at gmail.com and let us know what your answer is. And the question was, who uh, who actually resurrects the Antichrist who after he takes the fatal wound? Yes. Specific. And it's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just give me a Jesus answer. All right. We'll talk to you later. God bless you. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now. 